This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction. This is your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world, along with tips and strategies for maximizing your career in tech. We also bring you interviews with the leading women in the tech industry, talk to youth who are rapidly building their tech knowledge, and review business solutions that will give you insights on how technology is solving business problems. Now, here's your host, Jennifer Didier. Welcome, and thank you for joining me on Tech in the Right Direction. I'm your host, Jennifer Didier, President and CEO of Directions Training. Each week, we talk with industry experts about technology trends that are emerging and changing businesses today, the career journey of IT professionals, understanding the world of women in tech, as well as talking to our youth that are rapidly building their technology skill sets. We also review case studies that provide insight into how technology is solving business and world problems. I'm excited about our guest today, so let's get moving in the right direction. This week in our Tech Trends segment, I will be talking with Patrick Thomas. Patrick is a Senior Product Marketing Manager for Microsoft Azure, where he focuses on winning mindshare and adoption among professional developers in the U.S. Previously, he spent four years in Microsoft Learning, managing the Learning Partner and Microsoft Certified Trainer programs. Prior to that, Patrick spent nine years at the Boeing Company in various program management roles on both commercial and military aircraft programs. Patrick has an MBA from Arizona State University and an undergraduate degree from the University of Redlands. Outside of work, Patrick has a passion for coaching his three kids in sports, spending time outdoors, as well as vacationing with his wife of 14 years. Welcome to the show, Patrick. We're so happy to have you. Thanks, Jennifer. Happy to be here. Great. Well, let's get started. Um, let's jump right in. Uh, can you share with us a little bit about you and your path in technology? Yeah, so I think the bio kind of covered my uh, career background. I think my path to technology is a little bit unique and accidental. Um, you know, as, as the bio mentioned, I had started uh, pretty much out of college at the Boeing Company and fell into project and, and program management type roles. Um, I think coming out of college, when I was looking at companies to work for, I had applied to the likes of, uh, you know, Microsoft at the mm -hmm. time. Uh, wasn't hired, but uh, was was able to get into Boeing. And through some connections and some folks that um, I knew from Boeing, I found out there were other program management type roles within Microsoft. And that's how I kind of applied and came on over. In, rela in relation to that too, when I was growing up, uh, this would have been in the mid to late 90s, my dad had a career change and he started doing technical writing actually mm -hmm. for Microsoft at the time. And then he became a Microsoft certified trainer. And I can remember at the time, I thought the work that he was doing seemed, it sounded rather boring to me. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of interest. Um, and then you know, full circle, I end up going into Microsoft Learning and found out, wow, this is actually pretty interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so very much an, an accidental route into tech. I had a lot of 
catch up when I got here to find out uh, not just, you know, about the Microsoft technology, but then also about the industry. It's a big shift from aviation. Um, I can say I recently passed my Azure Fundamentals exam, so I'm, I'm feeling feeling good about that. Um, and then, of course, working and learning. Learned a ton um, from the trainers there, from the partners, really not just about tech, but then also about how do we go about skilling people um, to be successful in that space. So that's that's a long story about how I ended up where I'm at. No, that's, that's perfect. It really kind of shows... Um the path or the journey that you took um, to get to get to Microsoft, which is really yep. cool. So what are some of the technology trends you, that you're seeing today? So I think some of the trends that I'm seeing, um, one is, you know, everywhere you go, people are talking about AI and machine learning. I mm -hmm. think that that's one of the big, big bets. I know that for our company, for, for Microsoft within industry, um, especially when I think about field services type roles, um, the potential that AI and machine learning has there um, across manufacturing as well. You know, where I came from um, at Boeing, you know, we did a lot of projects around factory automation. And as that continues to progress, I think that, that you're going to see it go a little bit more mainstream within a lot of companies and industries, including manufacturing. I think the other thing, you know, for, for me, I focus on our Azure product and services and specifically on the developer audience. And, you know, across the board, not just within tech, but companies can't find enough qualified developers. Just right. <laughs> the, the shortage is well known um, coming out of the U.S. And I think all companies are thinking about how can they not only improve their infrastructure, but how can they transform and, and develop into the next version of themselves? And I think Satya says it quite frequently that every company is becoming a technology company. Um, and so I think on the, on the build or the develop side, there's just huge opportunity. Um, and there's a real push and in investment from the likes of Microsoft, from our competitors to try to get out there and influence um, existing developers and really find the next generation of developers as well. Because um, I think in the modern world, really these these are the architects of the future. Um, and I think we're just starting to scratch the surface there. I think some great observations. Um, the AI machine learning is definitely where we're moving to. When you talk about Azure, the cloud area is so prominent now. Yep. More organizations and, you know, Microsoft has some stats that talk about, you know, 95% of um, yep. organizations are moving to Azure in the cloud or are there oh, already. Yeah, so those are really important um, trends that we're seeing as well. And, the skills, and I think, oh, go ahead. sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say on the on the cloud migration, it's it's a really good point, I think, um, in, a, in just a very practical sense, you know, where you used to have a capital expense to go um, build perhaps a, a data center or at least invest in servers um, with the cloud, and your options from Microsoft, options from AWS, GCP, et cetera, there's, there's a much lower barrier for entry for newer companies um, mm -hmm. to be able to scale and put their data out there. And then for existing companies, um, they're able to see those efficiencies 
um, and the cost savings as well. And so I think most every company like the stats that you mentioned are somewhere on that journey right. um, and it varies greatly. <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. So true. And the skills gap is a real, real issue today because, you know, many of these job roles didn't exist a few years ago. And so um, the market now is looking for these new job roles, specifically cloud, AI, machine learning. And um, what do you think we can do on a daily basis to bridge that skills gap? What are some of the things uh, maybe you're doing um, and, you know, we're in training, so we talk a lot about sure. how do we bridge that gap. What are your thoughts on that? It's a, it's a really good question, and, and I will say even internally at Microsoft, we have skills initiatives going um, for the folks that are in our field, whether they are technical professionals working with customers, whether it's salespeople, whether it's marketers. Um, there's a big effort within our company to skill up our people so we can intelligently get out there and talk to customers. And some of the things that we're doing specifically is, you know, we've invested in local training events, um, which would be your face-to-face -face training. We've also done a lot um, online through, you know, webinar series. And even in events, when you think of um, showing up to an event, a lot of the messaging is not just about what our products and our services can do, but where people can go to get more resources and learn about it, whether that's docs.microsoft.com, where you can go see um, code samples, documentation, and really get deep and, and learn about our products, or if that's Microsoft Learn, which is kind of the getting started platform on the learning journey, um, or even connection to our learning partners as well. And so I think we're doing some, uh, or I should say we're trying to do a lot, um, but there's a lot more that we need to do um, and I do think about academic world, you know, within universities. Um, I think the reality of kids today is they're exposed to technology basically from the time they can speak. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. However, um, I don't always think that our computer science programs at our universities are completely aligned yet with where industry is going and what's needed. Um, I think a lot of the theory is there. But with things changing so quickly, it can be tough for academia to keep up. And I think that's that's part of the gap that we're all trying to fill. No, that's that's uh, spot on. Uh, when you talk about education and training to be critical, to be a critical piece for adoption of new technology, we find that, you know, on a daily basis, people um, use what they know, what they yep. like. And the more they're using it, the more they learn about using it, um, the better adoption you're going to see. So I think um, education and training is huge in bridging that skills, skills gap. And I completely agree. The universities are finding it really hard to keep up with these changes um, at, because they, you know, moving to the cloud allows you to change things on a dynamic basis. So. You know, you could have 500 changes in a technology in sure. a given, you know, maybe in six months, and sure. it's so hard to keep up. So that and with academia, they have set curriculum that they have to follow, and so these changes are becoming difficult. So we need to keep pushing in educating and training um, all sets of audiences. Yes. And so I love that you have the Microsoft Learn. 
uh, portal that people can go to to learn lots of different new technologies, workloads, those types of things. And then docs.microsoft.com is great, a great place for resources as well. So um, I think we all have to work together to bridge yes. that gap. Uh, you, you mentioned you just got your Azure Fundamentals uh, certification. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank um, you. What, what is the value of certification in the industry today from your lens? Yeah, I think, you know, at, at one point, if you look back to maybe the early 2000s, late 90s, certification was really big. Um, I knew people that instead of going to university were going and taking classes and sitting for exams and at mm -hmm. the time maybe getting their MCSE and then going and getting hired into tech. Right. I think it's trending back in that direction to where a lot of employers um, are looking for that validation to say, hey, I want to hire somebody with a certain set of skills. And a certification is is an objective way to prove that you have those skills. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the customers um, that we talk to, you know, they make statements like, hey, I want X number of certified you know, developers or solution architects or admins um, because then they know that their their staff is is ready um, to transform the company. And when you think of, you know, a business leader, if they don't necessarily have a technical background, it's hard for them to to gather you know, the skills of, of maybe their workforce. And a lot mm -hmm. of the time they're looking for that objective criteria. And so I mm -hmm. think it's, it's really value, value to the organization. Um, and then also for the individual, I think, you know, it's, it's, we're all on a continuous learning journey um, with something like certification. You know, that's a point in time achievement that, you know, you can put on a resume that you can put on your profile. And it really does say, Hey, I've, I've invested the time, um, to learn these things, and I have proof um, that I do know them. And, and for us, even at Microsoft, I mean, it was a requirement. It was like, hey, everybody in our U.S. field, you know, go get certified. Um, and I found the experience to be quite value valuable for me. You know, going through the process of learning, um, even sitting for the exam and going through that experience was really good. And through it all, I, I do feel like um, I can speak more intelligently about some of the specifics with our customers, which is a good thing. That's great, yeah. So I think that industry stamp of approval that certification gives you is so important. And there's no question when you're you know, uh, moving in your journey and your career path, having that certification says, you know this material. And it's, it, there's no question in the hiring person's mind whether you have the skill set or not. So I think that was a really good point that you made. Um, where do you see technology in five to ten years? Well, I know, I know that's a <laughs> yeah. big, uh, a long time from now, so it's kind of hard with the sure. pace that it's moving. But just what's your vision? Uh, I, I, part of my first answer is I don't necessarily know. Mm -hmm. Look, look back 10 years ago, um, and there's so many things <laughs> that have changed um, just in our daily lives, you know, yeah. just how smart the smartphone has really gotten mm -hmm. um, and how much we depend on it. Uh, I think one of the things that I see is, you know, across industry, especially with our some of our bigger customers, at this point, they're, they're in this in-between world to where They've made cloud investments. 
Um, they're starting to invest in things like AI and perhaps um, Internet of Things, but they're they're somewhere in the middle of that journey. I predict that over the next five years across industry, you're going to see a lot of companies looking to kind of stabilize. So maybe today they're primarily on-prem looking to move to the cloud. Well, at some point they need to get fully migrated and optimized for the cloud. Um, right. And I think that is going to be a big piece. Maybe that's more of the, the three-year view. And so I think of things like DevOps becoming really important. Mm -hmm. The overall um, discipline and process and a new way and a faster way to be able to release code um, and track your development cycle. I think those things become very critical as we've had all this change and all this push. And as companies look to catch up and stabilize, they wanna make sure um, that they're running at maximum efficiency efficiency to, to keep moving forward. And then, you know, thinking about what I've mentioned earlier, machine learning and AI, I don't even know if I can conceptualize <laughs> where we might be. Um, and I, I think, you know, data in a lot of ways has become uh, the new currency. Mm -hmm. And as companies become very data rich, how do they maximize what they can do with that data um, to help their business? And, and that's another thing that I, I didn't mention earlier, but I do think data science continues to be um, a huge field and, and a huge, you know, opportunity um, for those seeking careers in that space too. Yeah, I really agree. We have some customers that are really already starting to look at data data with new lenses and making business decisions based on their findings. Um, this is a retail operation that you know is now measuring every sale to see yep. where it's coming from, uh, how long was the person in the store? What you know, just the the whole experience, and it's sure. so interesting the amount of data we have today, and how as long you know, it's great that there is a lot of data, but if you don't do something with it, yep. it's useless. So yes. um, data science, data mining, you know, using artificial intelligence and machine learning to really mine this data to come up with reporting that can help you grow your business and solve problems. Techno sure. te technology solves a lot of business problems. So that's great. Yeah, I think there's so many new areas in DevOps, you know, that's that is really another area uh, for the future because we have a segment on our podcast called Technology Solutions and it's you yep. know showing and, and showcasing ways that technology is solving business problems and really world problems in a lot of cases. So yeah. that development is so important. And I think, you know, in related to that too, when we, when we talk about data, when we talk about machine learning and AI, um, I think privacy and security is another piece um, that becomes increasingly important, you know, not just from corporate lens for the companies, but also when you think about um, governments, whether that's at the state and local level, at the federal level, I think that there's a lot of work to be done to make sure that the individual, that the consumer um, is well protected. And then also for the corporations, if data becomes increasingly um, important and part of their competitive advantage, you have to make sure that you're adequately um, securing and protecting what you're using. And so it's 
I, I realize that as I'm thinking and talking, I'm hitting <laughs> a lot of different things, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I do think it, it does, it moves forward um, in a multi-pronged way. You know, it's not just one thing. And then I think coming back to the skills and the learning, it really is a continuous journey or a cycle. Like I don't see it as a linear path at all. Um, things are going to evolve. Things are going to change. And I think for all of us in the field, um, you have to continue to learn. And then there's going to be continued opportunity for those that maybe are seeking a new career in tech, which is really exciting. That is exciting. The new job roles that are coming out and the skill sets needed are really that turning point in a tech person's career as well, which is really exciting. So we'll shift gears a little bit. And, you know, today technology um, is over so many or multiple, multiple devices. I think we all have a laptop, a tablet, a phone, maybe several (laughs) phones, uh, several tablets, you know. Um, So how do we focus and deal with all these distractions and how do we create balance? Because I'm sure with your kids, you see this where, you know, they're doing homework and still have their phone and they're looking at their phone. Uh, I'm distracted, you know, in my world where, you know, something comes on my phone sure. or an email, email comes in. I have to sh- like shut down and focus on what I'm yep. working on. So how do you create balance? Well, what I think for you. Yeah, I think, you know, it's different for every individual. Um, for myself, like I'm not a multitasker at all. Um, I can barely watch TV and have a conversation. <laughs> um, and so I, like for me, I shut down almost every notification um, on all the device that I use. Um, you know, some people that freaks them out and they can't operate that way. Um, but I do think, uh, you know, technology in a lot of ways allows you to be very connected and in many ways very efficient. But it's not, depending on how you're using it, it doesn't always mean that you're effective. Mm-hmm. Like for me, if I have something to do where I really need to focus, um, I will remove some of those distractions. You know, I'll shut down applications that I'm not using. You know, if I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to either make a presentation or type up an important email, I'll just shut everything else out and, and kind of block the time. Um, and then I think separation from whatever device you're using or devices is a good thing as well. Um, and I think the when Apple came out with the the screen time notification mm-hmm. where you can yeah. actually see how much you're on your phone. <laughs> it's scary, that's, isn't it? It's <laughs> pretty scary. Yeah. Um, and so I do think it's important to to disconnect from time to time um, and then just be intentional about the device that you are using. Um, and, you know, it's if you think about trying to go through a day without using um, something from Amazon, something from Google and something from Microsoft, um, for a lot of people, there's not that many days where they're not using one, if not all, um, of those company services. <laughs> so it's, it, you know, definitely embedded in our lives. I think um, I try to focus on the areas where, where am I using a device to help me do something faster mm-hmm. um, versus is a device kind of controlling me and what I'm trying to do? Uh, because really, you know, whatever tool you're using, whether it's a computer, a phone, um, or other tools, you know, if you're building something like a hammer, a drill, a saw, the tools are for a purpose. Um, and that purpose really should be the goal and not um, the tool or the device itself. 
This is so true. And you know, <laughs> multitasking is just overrated because you really cannot do two things at the same time. Your brain doesn't function that way. Yeah. You don't do anything well. And so your advice is very sound to say, you know, shut off the devices that you're not using, use it as a tool to make you more productive and um, focus on one thing at a time. So as much as we have these distractions, we really need to stop them and control them on our own. They're always yeah. going to be there, right? Sure. So, yeah. and, and I can't, you know, I'm no expert when it comes to the kids on that. I'm probably still <laughs> trying to figure out how to do that, but it's, you know, when I, I had a, a coach when I was young, that basically mm -hmm. his advice all the time was everything in moderation, right? Yeah. And and I think that, um, that it holds true to a lot of things, like even work. We all work very hard. And if you work in tech, um, you're connected. And in a lot of ways, it um, can be. Uh, you can you work can all working, the time. You can work all, all the time if you want to. Um, yeah. But does that mean that you're bringing your best the next day if right. you do? So I think the separation and, and for me too, like I, um, email is not the first thing I check when I wake up and it's not the first or the last thing I looked at before I go to bed. Um, and you know, that's kind of a personal choice, but, um, I think some of that separation is needed, um, on a device or not on a device, you know, you just it gives you you focus. Need a little sip. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's very good advice. Um, so learning is changing as well, right? People are learning differently. Um, so how, how do you think that's different today than from a few years ago? Yeah, I think, I mean, with the growth of things like uh, edX, you know, the, the book and all, all these massively open online courses um, mm -hmm. that you can consume, um, I think there's a lot more. And with so much online training, it can also be a little bit intimidating. You know, say mm -hmm. you want to learn about something, um, you can you can go out and do a search, and you, there's no lack of courses and resources. And and so I think there's been a lot more that's come online in the last five years. Mm -hmm. I do think it doesn't necessarily solve the main problem. Is especially like if I'm looking to learn something, I'm usually looking for the best resource. Um, and there's so much out there, it can be a little bit overwhelming. Mm -hmm. um, so I think no lack of resources to help. I do believe how people learn um, hasn't changed. <laughs> like, you know, mm -hmm. there may be more tools to do it, but I think uh, each individual, you, you know, they may learn in their own way. Um, and I think for light touch, exploratory things, going online, online is, it's a great thing, right? Um, if you're really looking to learn something in a deep way, I don't believe that there's a replacement for an interaction with a real human being, mm -hmm. whether that is online or whether that is in person. Um, I have the scenario I use is, you know, if a faucet breaks in my house, I might be able to go on YouTube and figure out how to fix it. Mm -hmm. If I'm looking to replumb my entire house, um, I'm probably going to need a little bit more than that. And so mm -hmm. I might... Know, talk to somebody to to actually help teach me the skills that I need to to fully do the plumbing. Um, so I think there's been lots of changes in the the way in which training can be delivered. Um, but I I don't think how people learn 
is necessarily different. Our brain chemistry has not changed. No. And <laughs> we still need that human touch and we still yes. need that interaction with other people. And my, my example, like Azure Fundamentals, right? I knew I had to pass the exam. Mm -hmm. So I went to a one-day course with an instructor. It was great. Took some notes. I joined a study group. I used the modules on Microsoft Learn. And then I made some notes in my own. So mm -hmm. it wasn't just one thing. But for me, I knew that I needed to talk to a real person. Um, I needed to be able to also consume things on my own time mm -hmm. um, and then be able to write notes in my own way. And, and so that's for me. That's perfect. That's like a blended approach. And that's what yep. we're finding how people are learning today. You know, some of the foundational things you can do online, but then you need that depth from an instructor or uh, just maybe even a discussion group or place sure. where you can ask questions and, and learn some more. So that's, yeah, that's a great way to describe it because that blended approach really provides a truly in-depth foundation for learning. That's great, Patrick. Thank you. Um, thank you for that insight. Um, so if you had to give some advice to an IT professional starting out today, and think back to, you know, when you first started into yep. technology, what's different? If you look at your younger self, what would you tell sure. yourself? Um, what would you, uh, what kind of advice would you give them? Yeah, I think that um, the first is don't be intimidated that there's so much out there. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of different paths you can take into a career in tech. Um, I think find something that you're interested in and explore it and, and the path will be there for the audience that I focus on with developers, you know, anything, anybody that may have an interest in coding, I would strongly encourage them to go that route just because of the need, the amount of opportunity that's there. Um, and I, another reminder that I have for, for folks is although it's a career in tech and you may need to learn certain things about the technology and, and about cloud computing. The principles of business are, they haven't really changed. Like you mm -hmm. still need to be able to communicate. Um, you still need to be able to work with others. Yeah. Common sense is, is still something that's extremely valuable. And based on my background, um, having some project management skills um, will also help. And so I think take a look at the trends of, of where industry is going um, and where the needs are. Invest time in learning in those things, something that's interesting to you. Um, and I think that you'll find that there are a lot of opportunities and, and things will continue to change and, and you'll have to continue to learn. Um, and as we said before, like if, if you do feel like certification is of interest and of value to you, I think that really does help you get a leg up. Um, and yeah, that would, that would be my, my multi-pronged, long-winded advice. <laughs> no, that's great advice. I think, you know, there's so many paths. So there's not just one way to get into technology. And so just find where your passionate passion yep. is and then just, just jump in. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Patrick, for joining us. It was a pleasure having pleasure. you on the show. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. As your organization continues to embrace and adopt new technologies, does your team have the skills required to make the most of your investments? Directions Training offers IT professional and end-user training for the most popular solutions today 
including Microsoft 365, Azure, AWS, Cisco, Citrix, VMware, and much more. Our flexible delivery methods and full customized offerings make sure that you get the training you need just the way you need it, in person, virtual, on-demand, or through a blended approach. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com for more information today. And now, an exclusive offer for our listeners. From IT skill enhancements to end-user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our on-demand courses for IT professionals or end-users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Thanks for listening to Technology in the Right Direction, your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world. To download this week's show or listen to past shows, visit directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Past shows are also available at ewnpodcastnetwork.com, as well as through iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. To find out how to be a guest on the show, visit directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, we hope that technology takes your business in the right direction. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast.